0: All right, we're on day four. Are you are you keeping with your streak of asking five questions? Uh, yeah, I will. It's the, gonna be a whole week. We want to change it up it been... for the whole week. so let right, let's let's do it. All right, let's see how this one plays out for the, you. The
1: the biggest question that helps me the most is is it a, a tree, shrub, uh, grass, or or, or graminoid or forb?
0: It is an herbaceous cool season graminoid. Okay. So I've changed it up. I gave you three shrubs this week, and now all of a sudden –
1: Yeah, you were trying to stump me.
0: Yeah, now I'm giving you something different.
1: All right. Um, Let's see. What do I ask next? Uh, Can you describe the seed head?
0: Uh, Let's see.
1: That might be (laughs) too hard for a question.
0: Uh, I'm trying to – I can give you a few different things here. Let's see. All right. How about this? The seed hull is covered with minute bristles that readily cling to clothing or fur for dispersal. Okay, that might be a nice, nice little yeah, clue yeah. there.
1: Um, about how tall does this get? Two to five foot tall. Two to five foot. So it's not a huge warm season grass. Then. It's cool season. It's yeah. a cool season. Oh, you gave me a little bonus there. Um. Let's see. How about uh? Oh man, does the the stem have any distinct color, or is it mm, is it green?
0: Um, it's green. Okay. How about this? You want the you want the leaf blade, or do you want? It's hard
1: asking questions about grass. I'll it is. tell you. It is. is.
0: They all kind of look very similar, but
1: so different when you it's, actually see it. It's them. green. It's, yeah, to, it's to, to ask for a description, they it describes a lot of them. Um, I'm not... Last I, thing, is it, I guess... It's
0: dark, all right. Did I ask if it's an actual
1: grass or is it a sedge or a rush? Did I ask you that? You
0: did not. Okay, I'll, I'll ask that. So it is a grass. It's a, okay, true grass. So that's actually five Yeah. questions. Oh, I know. Questions. All I right. know.
1: Um, you know, you said the that the seeds really cling to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a big clue. I'm going to go with rice cut grass.
0: All right. Tom's uh, guest today is Leersia orizoides, which is rice cut grass. Wow. That was, once you asked that, I was like, yeah, that's going to give it away. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> it's a big clue. So.
1: You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
0: Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today we're talking about rice cut grass, uh, also called cut grass, which is Leersia or Zoides. So Tom was able to get this pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought just even just shifting it away from shrubs for the last one would throw you off and make you think of different questions you know and this is when it comes
1: to the grasses that's where asking the wetland indicator status helps me a little bit more yeah and i don't know why i just uh, avoid asking it because for shrubs and trees it doesn't help me as much even forbes uh it helps me a little bit but not forbes i guess it does help me a lot but the grasses it helps me a bunch um, and i just didn't even think to ask it but what is the wetland indicator status of this plant so it
0: is an obligate for, for cool season grass obligate uh, wetlands uh, indicator status, which means 99% of the time it's found in wetlands. What was interesting to me when I started researching its native range, that not only is it native to all 48 continental U.S. states, but it's also native to Europe and Asia.
1: Interesting, yeah. And, like and- very
0: widespread, And which to me, I don't know how that – like I'm trying to think back how long ago – did it have to be brought here? Like I'm mm-hmm. wondering, I'm like, what, or was it brought there? Like it had to have.
1: Or it's just a an really ancient plant and it. It survived. It's Yeah, it, it was created on Pangea. A, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it could which, just be something that's, it's really, really long, not lived, but has long um, history. Yeah, so, so it's
0: it's part of the Poesia family, which also includes bamboo, wheat, rice, corn, mm-hmm. sugarcane, lawn and forage grasses so um those are all pretty pretty long-lived or items that have been around for a long yes, time also yep. so um you know and and we talked about it being a wetland indicator status this is one of those plants that can actually for a cool season grass can take up to six inches of permanent inundation mm-hmm. so this so is something live in, in it can live water. in water can live in water and it, you'll find it a lot of times in drainage ditches Um uh, that that aren't even draining well is where you can find that so
1: now this would have been another clue that would have gave it away yeah but what is the leaf blade like
0: this this would give it so we talk about cut grass why would it be called cut grass so it's a three to twelve inch dark yellow green serrated leaf blade fringe with sharp stiff hairs that can tear bit bare skin so if you've ever walked through a stand of rice cut grass in your shorts or flip flops, mm-hmm. you know it, because you've just covered your whole <laughs> your yeah. your legs and feet yeah. with with like little tiny almost like paper cuts. Yeah,
1: remember when that golf course almost wanted to use this and
0: yeah, eh, maybe you don't <laughs> it would work, but
1: maybe you don't. You may yeah. <laughs> you may not
0: want to put that as a <laughs> like a, the, the, somewhere where someone's going to go look for their golf ball. So. No, as far as looks go, um, for the flower, it's, it has inflorescence inflorescence. That is loose, open array of hair-like branches, uh, with a single row of small spikelets, and that that info is thanks to our friends at Kind Earth uh, Growers um, in in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that was their description. Um, it does flower in the late summer. It's you know uh, probably like July, August, maybe August is when you'll start seeing the flowers, and then we talked about the seed. Um, it, it will start to ripen late August to early October, and it's more – the the seed is more typical of what you would see, see in like a warm-season species, mm-hmm. not a cool-season grass. But uh, the spikelets developing in leaf sheaths producing mature grains than those of exposed terminal panicles. Mm-hmm. That's now, a mouthful. Yeah,
1: yes, it is. We talked about it growing in water. Um, is it going to grow like along a, sh- a, a shady stream edge or like a more open
0: pond side? It, it does like full sun. uh can take part shade. So, you know, the funny thing is when you think about this, here's a plant that's it's native to Europe, Asia, all 48 states. It can take permanent inundation, can take wet conditions. You would think that this would just take over, but it – and it can in certain conditions, but it's – it really has a narrow ecological adaptation, and it it's very short-lived and may not persist well because mm-hmm. it, it has to have those ideal conditions. So it does want full sun. It wants it wet, um, and you and once you start to deviate from that, it's going to go away. So it, it kind of – it will – it will really thrive in certain conditions but has its limitations of where it's going to go.
1: And then it's, it's how it's spreading and where it will really thrive in those conditions. Is
0: it through seed or, or – It's roots? it's rhizomes. So it's, it has a very fibrous root system, will spread by rhizomes, and it's very aggressive, uh, and it rapidly colonizes in wet sites. Actually, in the, the southwest, um, in many places, they consider it a weed, and it really wreaks havoc in, in cranberry bogs, as you can imagine, because mm-hmm. you're flooding oh, – yeah. You're flooding the condition, which is unnatural. Mm -hmm. Like a cranberry bog is not really a natural condition. Mm -hmm. Would you agree to that? Um, Somewhat. You're replicating somewhat. You're replicating it, and then you're you're manipulating it to fit your needs. Yeah. So, like by flooding a cranberry bog, you're making ideal because it's not super. It's
1: ideal for for collecting of the fruit because yes. fruit floats yes um but it's something that would happen naturally too you get you know in a bog yeah. you get a heavy rain event right. it's going to flood and the whole thing's yeah. going to be covered and it'll slowly go back down so it's
0: but it's also ideal yeah. for rice cut grass oh, yeah. because that's its ideal conditions you're flooding it and because it's so aggressive can mm-hmm. can come in pretty quickly yeah. and it's cut it like imagine saying all right go out and collect these cranberries <laughs> yeah in, that would not be in fun. rice cut grass not yeah. not a lot of fun so
1: what is the wildlife benefit of this plant?
0: So it does attract bird and butterflies. Um, it does have minimal use because it forms colonies for cover for small mammals and birds. Like as you can imagine, like mice probably hide real well. Mm-hmm. If you have, well, I notice every day driving home, there's drainage ditches that line the road because there's farm fields. Mm-hmm. And one side's wood, one side's farm, and there's rice rice cut grass in the drainage ditches. Yeah. And there's always red-tail hawks on a branch on the other side, mm-hmm. scoping out that farm field for mice, yeah, and or rodents. And you know if they can hide in that rice cut grass or hide in that because the hawk's not picking them off in that. Mm-hmm. So it does it does have minimal use for that. Um, seeds are an important food source for waterfowl, small mammal, and shorebirds. Um, and the dense colonies. Actually, provide cover and habitat for fish, reptiles, and amphibians, um, and they they can forage on it. Producing um, the forage is produced by it is highly palatable. Mm-hmm. So we don't always talk about those types of attractions, but yeah. because it's on the water, can take can take inundation and take a a sunny spot. It's providing nice shade and and cover mm-hmm. for fish, reptiles, and yeah. amphibians. Yeah, things that are going to be in the water. Yeah. So, so and it's it's pretty much an early successional stage, as most I, I that's what I think a lot of grasses as mm-hmm. are early successional stage, so that makes sense. Um it's pollinated by wind, so it is mm-hmm. wind pollinated, but it is the larval host and adult food source for the least skipper, which is okay. ants Antsloxifa Numitor. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I butchered that <laughs> one. Um, i think you nailed it yeah (laughs) but we we use it or our customers use it in a lot of restoration purposes it's getting used for erosion control because it does form such a dense root system and and colonize well Mm -hmm. it's great for erosion control and it's great for creating barriers yeah so So,
1: yeah it's uh it's one of those things we talked about the golf course before but if you didn't want your golfers to go down near the the, great plant, the creek or the the pond edge or something like that, and go after their ball. You want to speed up play? Let them hit it in something they don't want to go get it out of. <laughs> and oh, you know
0: what? I'll take a drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's great for barriers in that way. No, if like like we were saying, if you've ever walked through it, you don't want to walk through it. You'll find a way to walk around that. Yeah. And
1: what's it a, a good sub uh, substitution for in regards to a non-native plant?
0: You know, I had to think about that because as far as does design use go. It's really specific and it's mm-hmm. hard to use, but if you think of those conditions, what dominates? What what plants dominate? Those that are aggressive or invasive, and it made me think of Fragmites uh, australis, which is common reed grass, mm-hmm. which that gets six to eight foot tall yeah. and can take like mild brackish conditions, can take some inundation, can take you know we see it whenever there's disturbance, and that forms a really dense uh rhizomal mm-hmm. mat and colony so um it doesn't get as tall yeah and it it, it can take those conditions you were you you get you get limited to as to what can take those oh, conditions definitely, so definitely. i would easily swap that out yeah if i could because at least you're getting wildlife benefit and mm-hmm. habitat i yeah. i can't remember fragmites but the amount of lepidoptera hosts was two yeah, it's or three minimal, it's, yeah. it's minimal yeah at least you're getting that out of out of rice cut grass
1: cool. all right you ready for a quiz yes i'm ready for you to lie to me once more
0: <laughs> one more time this week so i have four statements which are factual one is fake news and let's see if i can get you today you've been really good at this i haven't really been able to stump you ducks will pull up and consume the underground rhizomes mm-hmm. for food source Studies have shown its potential in phytoextraction of arsenic from soil. In entomology, Leersia is named for John Daniel Leers, a German botanist and pharmacist who lived from 1727 to 1774. Colonists have been known to use Leersia as a border plant to protect against invaders and orizordis from the Latin orza for having the form or resembling rice referring to the appearance of the spikelets.
1: Okay. Mm, there's some tough ones there. Um I could find it believable you say the seeds are important food source for waterfowl. Yeah. I could find it believable that ducks utilize the rhizomes too. The one that's that's I just I just have a feeling isn't true. Yeah is the the name leersia coming from leers oh, i mean cuz yeah yeah i i think that's the one so read that clue okay. again
0: entomology in entomology leersia is named for johann daniel leers a german botanist and pharmacist who lived from hmm. 1727
1: to 1774 i'm going to say that's the the one all right for a plant that's been is native in in europe as well i wouldn't think that's all right. It would have been that recent, it's discovered.
0: So, your guest is Johann Daniel Leers. I actually made up the colonists use Leersy as a, a border yeah. plant because it's, it's growing in water and yeah. in wet spots. Yep. And it, I'm sure that wasn't a lot of where colonists were choosing to live.
1: Yeah. I thought you'd get a little trickier with me this time.
0: No, but. I played pretty basic. <laughs> but no, apparently that's true, uh, Johann Daniel yeah. Leers. I don't, you know, the German botanist, I don't know if he's the one that originally. Named it, mm. I, I, that I don't know, but that was actually true. Interesting, and I thought it was really interesting that it does have phytoremediation properties with arsenic. That is, yeah, yeah. So that's that's good to know. And arsenic, you'll get. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, say you're remediating a peach orchard, mm-hmm. you're put peach orchards put arsenic into the ground. Oh, I, I'm not uh, sure. I'm believing because yeah. here's here's my memory of this was. While working at Princeton Nurseries, Mm -hmm. one of our best farm fields was being taken as eminent domain Mm -hmm. to build a school. Yeah. So they took it. We had to remove all the plant material, and then they did soil tests. And because before we had it, it was a peach orchard, Mm -hmm. there was so much arsenic in the soil that they would have had to have removed all the soil and brought in all clean fill before they could build a school. Yeah. So. I guess
1: you're dealing with that age of uh of, of children. They're still eating dirt and stuff. Yeah. Are you sure yeah. it
0: wasn't uh one of, wasn't one of the owners uses a dumping ground or something <laughs> like that? It was. Oh well, no! Know, it was those damn peaches. You know, the <laughs> other thing too was I I have heard of nurseries burning pallets mm-hmm. that that would leach arsenic into the soil. From burning yeah. pallets uh, or treated pallets. Yep. You know, I've yep. heard that as uh, nursery lore yeah you know so so friend you on the last episode you said that just about everything
1: you'd plant in your yard i don't think that's going to be the case with this one but would you plant it in your? No, yard? no i'm not planting this one
0: i you know it has a lot of ecological ba- value and is a great plant in certain conditions but not a plant i want in my yeah. yard it's you know and it's it's not as if every native plant is beautiful but it's not like you're going to look and go whoa that is mm-hmm. sexy it's it's okay you yeah. know and and in the right conditions it 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 Provides a great service to our mm-hmm. ecosystem, but not for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How there is a, uh, uh, I, so I wouldn't put it directly in my yard, but I think it does have a really good purpose. And um, I'm thinking of a, a meeting I was at where there was a, someone talking about, uh, keeping kids out of retention basins. And they're like, yeah, fences don't keep kids out of retention basins. You know what it does? Thorns. And a rice <laughs> yeah. quick grass probably would keep the kids out too. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you go through it once and you don't, you know no. you don't want to touch it again. So like, if you have that kind of purpose, say, so yeah, it's not your yard, but you you work somewhere it has that retention basin. and you have trespassing uh, issues in a, a wet area, Swamp. that's a, a place you can use it and it'll... It'll definitely um, educate some people that they don't like it. If you so. do a,
0: a, a little uh, <laughs> basin of swamp rose and rice cut grass, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's that's like uh, like uh, providing a little uh, yeah. uh, fun. I think Hunger uh, Games yeah, that would type uh, kept, situation
1: uh, kept all the kids <laughs> off of what Clint Eastwood's porch in Gran <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exactly. You, I'm going to build a rain garden. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, So it's been a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us uh, tomorrow. Don't forget to tune in to Native Plants Healthy Planet. And uh, until then, we'll see you again next week for some more Native Plants. Until then, keep it Native.
1: Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom
0: and Fran.